Savannah speaking. Hi, Savannah. It's Joe Ritchie here from Conversation with the Chef. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are you? Good, thank you. So, is now an okay time to have a chat? Yes, no worries. Great, thank you. Um, it's great, Alicia. Uh, got me on to you. I haven't spoken to any chefs in Queensland before in Brisbane, so um, you're my first. Ooh, really? <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, now, so I've been reading a little bit about you, and um, it sounds like you've done quite a lot in a short space of time, or maybe a long space of time, depending on how we look at it. Because um, <laughs> you started cooking quite young, and you seem to be one of those chefs that perhaps just always knew what you wanted to do. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm only 24, so I think I've packed quite a bit into, like, not a crazy amount of time, honestly. But, yeah, I've definitely known that cooking was something I wanted to do since I was very young. I always used to cook at home with my grandma and my parents. It was always, like, food was always the centre of our house. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a a cultural – is there a cultural background there? Uh, yeah, South African actually. My okay. mum was born in um, uh, mum was born in Zambia, and uh, my dad's from Roma out in um, Western Queensland. Uh, and they met in my parents met in London actually ah. um, when they were both over there, and uh, lived in South Africa for a few years. But pretty much all of my mum's family is still over in South Africa, so I've been there. A, go every two years pretty much yeah. just catch up with everyone so yeah it's had a pretty significant South African streak through like growing up and even now I still go back and see everyone and that kind yeah. of stuff yeah and, um and is that a, is that a cooking style that's um you know do you do you still enjoy cooking that way or is it something that you've just have you've got nice memories of the cooking it's mostly just I see a lot of similarities between South African and Australian cuisines just because mm. both of our – both countries are still pretty new with lots of, like, influence from other cultures. So, like, I see a lot of similarities between Australian cuisine and South African cuisine mm. and definitely have a lot of, like, fond memories of um, – in South Africa they call barbecuing braai. Yep. Um, so, like – a lot of, you know, we have Aussie Aussie barbecues and South African brides and, you know, it's just, yeah, lots of outdoor dining by the pool and that kind of stuff yeah. when I was growing up, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. And now you're yeah. in a region that's pretty famous for, when there's a lot of seafood, isn't there, and, um, and really great produce, perhaps from the yeah. hinterland and so on. Um, that is, yeah, that's um, a good thing to be cooking with. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I um I did my apprenticeship in uh, southeast Queensland, mm-hmm. um at in Toowoomba. I um started my I started working um in a French degustation restaurant as my like first wow uh, like my first <laughs> kind of job. But lucky being in Toowoomba, we were right in the middle of the Lockyer Valley, yeah. so we had amazing fruit veg, uh, and of course um. John Darien and like the surrounding kind of outer um, towns of Toowoomba have amazing beef. See, uh, like the stockyard long fed, um, that all comes from uh, John Darien, which isn't too far from Toowoomba. Mm. And of course, Schultz's, uh, Schultz's Peak Farm as well. So, just like super lucky when I was an apprentice to just use like 
be able to be exposed to so much amazing produce. So, and I've been lucky just to keep <clears throat> continue working with it as I've moved to Brisbane. And yeah, just there's not a lot of you know hard work that needs to be done when you have such amazing food to cook with. Yeah, just need to keep it simple keep it like sophisticated and just like let the ingredients shine through for themselves yeah and I was reading that you've got a bit of a you've already got a bit of a um work smarter not harder attitude (laughs) towards your cooking which is is good because um you know we read a lot lot these days about people uh, chefs burning out or you know there's this big um trying to get the balance between putting in the kinds of hours that chefs put in and then putting in the right kind of hours. So it sounds like you've already got that worked out. Yeah, it's definitely a big, it's it's like such a fine line to walk and it's something that's been said to me since I was really young, just like chefs burn out, there's no good chefs over the age of 30, you know, like I think people were, I almost got scared out of chefing when I was really young Mm. because everyone was like, you're going to be so tired, you're going to work 100 hours a week every single week until you just can't work anymore. And I was like, no, like that's crazy, that's not sustainable. Yeah. And so I've definitely tried to adapt like a mantra for kind of every aspect of my life just to look at, like analyse what you're doing, do it smarter, Mm. like you can still do amazing stuff, just work smarter and, you know, you won't mm. burn out. You'll, yeah, yeah, you can always do something, you can always do something new and clever and sophisticated when it's, when you're just doing it in a really clever way, mm. you know? Yeah. So, so where do those ideas come from for you? So obviously um, it sounds as though you're very inspired and um, by and have a connection to the ingredients, just the fresh, good ingredients. Um, but where are you getting your ideas? Are you getting them from people you've worked with, from books, from Instagram? Like, Where are you most inspired? I've done a lot of reading mm. over my, um, like, 10 years of cooking. I think this year I started, yeah, I started my apprenticeship when I was 14. Wow. So I, I've read, I have about like 300 cookbooks at home. Mm. Um, so I love reading and seeing what people are doing all around the world. Um, definitely get inspired by people I'm working with. Mm. I love working with like-minded chefs who are passionate about produce just as the same way I am. Chefs who love being innovative and, you know, doing amazing stuff like that Mm. but yeah but yeah lots of reading and lots of chats with um I'm like local chefs around here Mm. we've just had a bunch of a bunch of great um restaurants open and people are usually happy to have a chat and Brisbane's still quite small so everyone still knows each other and that kind of stuff but there's a like great sense of community in Brisbane in hospitality everybody knows each other and yeah, that's great because I think that's that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? I mean, hospitality is about um, connections with people, and not just with the people that you're feeding, but also with those around you. And I think it makes it a much nicer experience for everyone. I think if there's that sort of nice circle of um, community and appreciation, yeah. and all of those. It's not things. crazy competitive, you know. We're not like, you know, we're not going to slam any other restaurant for anything. It's like. It's not about that. It's more just like how can we, you know, I think the food culture in Brisbane is really growing at the moment. It's pretty mm. like it's a bit of a special time. But, yeah, like it's, you know, sense of there's a massive sense of community here. It's really nice to be a part of. That's great. 
And it sounds yeah. as though um, Stokehouse Q is um, is really going from strength to strength as well. Yeah. Um, well, we've just we're just releasing our winter menu at the moment, which is pretty exciting for all of us. So everyone gets pumped around new menu time and. Mm. Um, we've had, unfortunately, we've had Richard um, resign. Um, as you probably heard, uh, he finished up last week. Mm. Um, so that's a bit of a different thing for Stokehouse. I mean, he's been such a part of the part of the furniture for the last six years. So, right. but def- definitely feel like we're entering into like a new chapter. Okay. Which is pretty exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. It's always it's always interesting, isn't it? You have to let go of the past to be able to grow, I guess. So, um, as sad as it is when you lose people that have you know been such a big feature, it is as you say, it's quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel like we're yeah definitely the end of a bit and like an end of a really big chapter for Stokehouse, mm. but I feel like we're only going to get bigger and better from now. And yeah, it's mm. definitely definitely new exciting things to come. Now, it says, um, I've read that, you know, the Stoke House, and a lot of restaurants talk about sustainability and, um, and so on, and, and seasonality, sustainability, and so on, but what's the reality of those for you in the kitchen, like on a day-to-day? How, how sustainable can kitchens be? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of debate about it lately. Um, we try our best to uh, use, like, sustainable local produce where we can. Uh, we are... Uh, just recently got involved with the Good Fish um, project, right. which is about using the like underutilized species of seafoods and fishes that um, you know haven't really come to the forefront yet. So yeah. we're really really excited to be using that. Um, I had a chat you... with Ben Shuri about that actually um, for Broadchurch. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it was good hearing yeah. it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that. We work with. Um, a fish farm which is about 40 minutes drive from uh, the restaurant um, called Rocky Point Aquaculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've been doing amazing stuff with their um, fish. They do, uh, they um, breed their own black kingfish and groper. Mm-hmm. They, um, they won the, uh, they won an award at the Delicious um, State Awards for their groper. Okay. Um, which is, we're super proud to be using their product, mm. um, which is great. And uh, we use um, try and use farms like other farmers that um, use sustainable practices like uh, long reach land, uh, which is yeah up in the middle of Queensland. It's about I think it's a six hour flight from Brisbane, long reach. It's mm-hmm. pretty far, mm-hmm. um, but they don't use any uh, like sort of. Uh, chemicals or anything on the farm with their lamb. Uh, they the lamb pretty much just cruise around, eat whatever grass they want. Uh, they drink water out of like the natural waterways. They just like live the best happy life. And then, luckily enough, we get to use their product when it comes to us. They make amazing lamb with really amazing like flavor just because of what the lambs are eating and they don't really have too much interference from uh the farmers there so yeah they just kind of do their thing live a good life and then yeah (laughs) so yeah we try and use as yeah many producers and suppliers that um try and use sustainability practices and what they're doing and um we are pretty severe on our recycling um We use a composter, 
at Stokehouse, all of our veggie matter that can't be used in uh, food production, it all gets composted and the compost gets used in the South Bank Garden, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But So, yeah, there's definitely, like, areas for improvement with sustainability, but we do what we can yeah, wow. with the restaurant our size. And yeah. and obviously you're like your junior sous chef, but uh, but do you have more of a leaning towards savoury or sweet? Do you feel like more of a pastry chef kind of leaning, or a, an overall? Definitely, thing? definitely a pastry leaning. <laughs> um, when I uh, when I first moved to Brisbane, um, I uh, came out of working pretty much only savoury, and when I moved to Brisbane, I was like, oh, I don't really know that much about pastry. I'd really like to, you know, kind of dip my my toes in uh so I started working at Chester Street Bakery Mm. um and worked there for about 18 months just uh which is yeah it's unfortunately closed now but um I learned a lot there about uh like pretty much considering I knew I knew almost nothing when I got (laughs) there um but yeah I had a um in the end I was uh baking anything and that kind of stuff and um after I worked at Chester Street. I moved to um, Stoke House as um, uh, I was a chef to party on pastry section here. So I continued my, uh, like, pastry when I got to Stoke House. And then, yeah, Mm. as I started kind of moving up through the kitchen, I started, you know, moving, leaning away a little bit. But definitely I have such a sweet tooth. (laughs) It's sometimes a problem. <laughs> sometimes problematic. <laughs> That's great. And, um, and I see, see that you're on the judging panel for the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show, um, well, for the cheese and dairy part of it. Is that right? The... Yeah. Um, so I was involved in that this year and uh, last year, um, hmm. uh, judging um, cheeses, uh, ice creams and other dairy products, like anything else that gets entered into the show, usually there's a few yogurts and flavoured milks and that kind of stuff. So yeah, so yeah, what, that's what are you looking for on that? Like, how are you judging the product? Um, usually, all the cheeses um, are like broken down into categories. So there's like a white mold category, cheddar, blue, um, like feta, halloumi. Um, so all of the products that get entered get judged against you know uh, the same kind of category mm. kind of thing and um yeah we basically judge on quality taste uh like how it's packaged and sold um like the presentation of the cheese that kind of stuff mm. and yeah um similar to the sydney show and like melbourne uh the melbourne food and wine and the grand dairy awards um mm winners in the categories that get over a certain amount of points everything's marked out of 20 um and uh basically depending on how high it ranks it'll get either a gold silver or bronze medal yeah wow okay yeah it's pretty good to be part of that <laughs> yeah it's been so exciting i love cheese so much <laughs> it's, like, it's uh it's one of those things that you know i totally understand how sobs like sommeliers can get obsessed about wine <laughs> uh, i get obsessed about cheese in exactly the same way like yeah. There's so many, so much love and like so many things that go into making cheese that can 
you know, make it amazing or make it not so amazing. And mm. There might just be the tiniest bit of variance from year to year. It can make a completely different product or that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it's it's been great being a part of it. It's <laughs> cool. A lot to a lot to learn. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I like knew a lot about cheese, and then last year when I got to the judging, I was like, oh my god, I <laughs> I have so much to learn. But it's like it's amazing being a part of it. There's a lot of um, Russell Smith is the chief judge um, at the RNA Awards, and he usually does the Sydney Food Awards as well. He has taught me so much; it's been amazing to um, be a part of the judging with them. That's awesome. And so, it sounds as though you've been working pretty very hard over the last ten years. Have you had a chance to travel and try the food in other countries? Yeah, um, I will. Yeah, I've definitely been around South Africa a few times. Um, I did. I went to Europe in. 2013, I did France, um, Holland, Ireland, England, Scotland, um, and I think that was it for the Euro trip. Pretty impressive. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Singapore last year. Um, did a little food trek there, which was amazing. Mm. Um, and I've been to Thailand and Cambodia once as well also so yeah my first ever job was actually in a Thai restaurant like my first first kitchen hand job I worked in a Thai restaurant and (laughs) cut up many many (laughs) vegetables for stir fry (laughs) so my hands couldn't take it anymore yeah yeah so I've done a bit of travel but definitely more to see and what was your favorite eating experience Sorry? Your, your favourite food experience overseas? Oh, overseas? Mm. Honestly, I'm going to have to go last year uh, when I went to Odette, which is um, in Singapore. Uh, it's a two Michelin star restaurant. Mm. That was like, um, um, like nothing I've ever, ever seen before, just from the service to the food to the presentation, like the decor of the restaurant. I've never experience anything like it it was amazing yeah okay wow (laughs) yeah i ate this amazing um pigeon with black garlic and campot pepper wow it changed my it it changed my (laughs) life it was so delicious yeah so good yeah i love it though because sometimes i when i speak to older chefs you know they can um and and chefs all say that they there are still things that that impress them or no, but I think the older they get, it's sort of the less blown away or the less life's change, changing it is. It just becomes, you know, just about deliciousness and so on. It must. It always sort of astounds me that um, that that you chefs must build up such a repertoire of food memories, but very focused food memories, like and um, and flavor profiles that you can then sort of draw on for your own stuff. But you just must have this like hidden library inside yourselves. <laughs> I think that's oh, really yeah. amazing. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And like that, you also grow that library reading, like reading books and Mm. even it's almost creates more of a like desire just seeing a photo or just reading a recipe of something Mm. because it's like you understand the technique and you can kind of get what it might taste like. But then if you like 
make it, if you make something that you read in a book or and then it just blows your mind, that is like such a – it has such an impact. You're like, I'm going to remember this recipe forever because <laughs> it exceeded my expectations, you know. And what's your – your goal or your plan? Um, do you want to have your own place? Do you want to work your way up where you are? Like, what what what's your ideal ideal plan? Um, I've actually just enrolled this year in a Bachelor of Food and Nutrition. Mm. Um, so I think, which is yeah, mostly about like the chemistry and the um, biology of how we eat and the chemistry of how food reacts in our bodies. Um, but I think I would like to go into cheese making ah. eventually. Um, I was talking to somebody at the, uh, at the, um, who does judging at the RNA as well. Um, and he works for a company called CR Hansen, which is basically like, um, kind of like a, his job is a, he's a cheese taster which is the dream job really. Um, mm. And he go, he's contracted to companies to like check their product, um, see how the like quality changes, how to keep the product consistent and that kind of stuff. So I think I'd like to finish this degree, which will give me a good base understanding and mm. how to, how to basically do that. And then, yeah, ideally move into cheese making and see where I go from there. Wow, it does sound pretty um, idyllic. <laughs> um, yeah, right. <laughs> then you can write some books yourself, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. thank you, Savannah, for sharing um, so much with me. That's been really great. Um, and I should let you get back to work, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have a massive box of fish that's got my name written on it. So, <laughs> well, good yeah. luck with that and enjoy service tonight. Um, and thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.